Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weirdly Magical podcast. And I am Lou. Jen was unable to join us today. And uh, we don't often do interviews on our podcast. It's not our thing. But we were asked by the wonderful Demetrius Bagley to interview um, a couple of astrologers from the Queer Astrology Conference. And um, I chose Michael because we had connected on Facebook a little while ago and um, we'd had a couple of interactions and I find him really interesting and I hope you do too. So so Michael is um, an astrologer, journalist and hypnotherapist practicing in the Bahamas. Um, I'm not going to give you all his uh, qualifications because he's really well qualified. (laughs) Um, He's the founder of the Oraculous School of Astrology, which is really, really interesting. And he offers a comprehensive training in traditional Renaissance, horary, electional, natal and modern Uranian astrology, which is the bit I'm really interested in. (laughs) And he's a lifelong scholar of the uh, Kabbalistic Am I saying that right? Yes, the the, the, the Kabbalistic tarot. Yeah, yeah. I know the Kabbal, but I've never said that whole word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love the tarot too, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. Ah. Yeah. So so we have a lot of kind of interest um, over um, uh, crossover. But uh, I'm here to talk to Michael and ask him about him. So let's start with. Um, a little bit of your history, if you would, how you got into astrology, um, you know, the usual. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Lou, thank you so much for having me here. And also thank you, Jan, even though she isn't here right now. Uh, I got into everything because I had a burning bush experience, kind of like, uh, who was it? Was it Moses in the wilderness where the bush started to burn and then the presence of the Lord spake from the bush? Uh, I had one of those burning bush experiences probably when I was around the age of seven years old. I was outside in the front of this bush that was growing in front of our house. And I just stood there looking at the bush and the bush caught this brilliant violet flame. And then I was thrown to the floor, knocked unconscious, woke up, laying down on the floor. So obviously I had a dream and the bush wasn't really burning. But (laughs) the strange thing is that when I woke up, I was laying down on the floor in front of this bush, the bush completely intact. But I had this internal feeling that something was different. And... I think that was my initial initiation into all things weirdly magical. Mm. And from there, I a couple of years passed, but I always was interested in the paranormal, the occult, that sort of thing spoke to me deeply. Mm. And around the age of 12 years old, 11, 12, I found out about the Unity Center of Light, which is a metaphysical Christian organization that has a branch in the Bahamas. And they had a metaphysical bookstore attached to them, which was the Way of Life bookstore. And I'm actually jumping forward because before that, I had met a witch dropping off her son to his kindergarten class on my way to my uh, primary school class, or I think I may have been in grade seven at the time or something but there was a practitioner of wicca in the parking lot who had a copy of i think it was scott cunningham in her 
back seat window and then next to that was this copy of this book by i'm gonna say her name awfully wrong um oh lord she's she's a wiccan a, a witch who wrote a series of books and one of them was on astral projection and so i saw this book on astral projection in her back window and i was like oh my god there are other people in the bahamas who even know what that is <laughs> and, and so we started talking and oh gosh like geez, my, my metaphysical thing started even before that because we started talking and the agreement was that I would teach her tarot. Mm. I was 11 years old. Like having, having this conversation with you is just bringing up all these memories. I was 11 years old and I agreed to teach this woman when I was 11 years old how to use tarot and the runes and she would teach me how to astral project. Wow. And I, <laughs> which, which, which means that I've been telling people all this time that I've been doing this for 15 years, but I've been doing this for even longer than 15 years because our agreement was that I would teach her what I knew and she would teach me what she knew. And anyway, it's just all downhill from there, down a wonderful rabbit hole. And that rabbit hole quickly integrated tarot and it also quickly integrated astrology because I came into tarot and astrology at much the same time. Mm -hmm. And I, I just loved it and I haven't turned back. And my particular study of the tarot has been the, um, the study of the tarot that's rooted in the hermetic order of the golden dawn. So yes, that's Arthur Edward Wade, but that's also Alistair Crowley and Paul Foster case. So I never came into tarot with a very flippant relationship to tarot. It was always this deep hermetic Kabbalistic tarot that had astrology as its underpinning. So my entire life with tarot has been a life with astrology. Mm -hmm. And so I learned the two things at the same time. And I entered professional practice probably around the age of 13 years old, where I was giving people readings for money, astrology and tarot. And I'm 28 years old today. And so it's just stuck with me this entire time. And it has become the entire shape and fabric of my life. You're 28 today? I'm 28. <laughs> oh, I meant, no, I meant it's not your birthday today. You're 28. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm 28 <laughs> at this moment in 2020. My birthday was in May, and I'm, I'm 28 right now. <laughs> I'm almost jealous of your, uh, your early awakening <laughs> because I'm from a very, um, you can tell I'm English probably, um, very from a, very, from a very working class background and things. And I kind of secretly studied uh, Crowley and stuff when I was uh, mm -hmm. a teenager, but it was just not really. Uh, I didn't know anybody. I didn't. I didn't come across any other anybody like you did. So I, yeah. I didn't come to astrology fully uh, mm -hmm. until my first Saturn return, which you're about to. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And you I know... didn't start practicing uh, professionally till 2012. Wow, uh, that's super cool. You know, I think that a lot of us, we either come to astrology at our Jupiter return at 12 or 24 or our Saturn return at around 28, 30. And I just think that those are really pivotal moments of initiation and of starting a new phase of life. You yeah. know, your, your Jupiter return, you're starting your teens. When it comes again at 24, you're starting like young adulthood and your Saturn returns like everything is now solidified and you have to like make a decision about who you're going to be for the rest of your life. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I really think that 
astrology tends to find a lot of us at these at these pivotal mm-hmm. points of you know Jupiter or Saturn and and I think that it's all beautiful. Oh, it but is. yeah, yeah. You, you were just one of the younger ones. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, fantastic. You know, I, I grew up in a very Christian family, in a very Christian environment, in a very Christian country. So I also had to study secretly. Uh, and I, I won't say secretly because I have Mercury and Aries square Uranus. So there was nothing secret about what I did. Uh, it was really out in people's faces, sometimes uncomfortably so, because I was just the most obnoxious child. I was like, oh my God, I believe in astrology. You have to believe in astrology too. You know, I was I was giving readings to God. Did I give readings to my high school teachers? I'm pretty sure that I've given readings to like my high school teachers and then to like my university teachers, my university professors. And so my entire life was really full throttle tarot and astrology and i mean but i think this the unspoken agreement between me and my parents well me and my mom was that you know you could do whatever the hell you want as long as you bring home good grades yeah and then the year when i didn't bring home good grades which was in grade seven was the year when all my books got burnt all of my everything got thrown away because that was the year that i screwed up and so Everything just went down the toilet. The at uh, the first C I brought home, everything was it was bye bye astrology, wow. bye bye everything. But by that oh. point, by that point, it was already like in me. So I mean, the the books losing them was a big deal, but it was already in my mind. And I bet most of them have come back to you anyway. Yes, they uh, are. yeah. <laughs> so uh, when did you start kind of your formal astrology journey? I see your NCGR level three, and mm-hmm. yeah. So my formal, you know, this is an interesting question. And for a number of reasons, one, I have a very strong Saturn. So I tend to seek out official recognition in whatever, which is why I got involved in the NCGR and why I studied with Lee Lehman and why I did all of of the stuff, because I tend to seek out the officiality of being recognized by my colleagues and peers. I think that that's a big deal. But my formal education in astrology happened when I was 13 years old. It was in that, I dare say, decade and mm, decade and a couple of years that I, I read and I gave readings and I gave I gave thousands and thousands of readings in that over 10-year span, and that really served as the underpinning of everything that I am today. And when I look at my relationship to the NCGR, while I do love the fact that I did that exam two years ago mm-hmm. and that I, I've gone through that process as well, um, my education in astrology is my entire life, you know, with astrology and having the paper to acknowledge that is only, uh, is only an official stamp. But, um, I mean, honestly, between the two of us and, and I love NCGR to, to like the, in the bottom of my heart, but I didn't learn how to be an astrologer taking the NCGR exams, you know? (laughs) I completely um, agree. I'm, 
I'm not formally certified in anything yet. I did, <laughs> I, I did take all three levels of my teacher's Mm-hmm. my main teacher's classes and lots of other things but I taught myself how to hand draw yeah. and how to hand calculate them way yeah. back the day. and I always tell my students and my clients that the best way to learn astrology is to do readings so. yep. <laughs> yeah I mean I think so many of us we we study astrology on our own before we even know that there's something like NCGR that exists. Yes. And we study astrology on our own before we even realize that you can become certified mm-hmm. in um, astrology or anything like that. So that was definitely my experience of it, that I studied by myself and... It was wonderful. And then when I found out about NCGR, it only made it that much greater because I now had a piece of paper to finally say to the world that, hey, this is what I do. And, um, you know, it's official. So tell me a little bit about Uranian astrology, which I must say I've been side-eyeing for quite a while because I'm really (laughs) more taught in the evolutionary astrology um, Uh uh, range. But but I kind of don't do it the way evolutionary astrologers do it. And I'm more, I've, I've been really interested in Uranian to the point where I'm uh, probably going to end up studying it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my relationship with Uranian astrology largely started through my relationship to the NCGR. Mm-hmm. And that's because uh, Mira Epstein, who plays a very formative role in the overall structure of the NCGR, she is very deeply involved in Uranian astrology as well. So that was my big entrance point into Uranian. And I think that I vaguely remember seeing, I vaguely remember seeing um, Robert Hand in, in his book on horoscope symbols. I think it was, he mentioned Uranian astrology a couple times, and then oh. there was stuff about the dials and all that stuff. And so you saw the 360-degree dial, and you also saw the 90-degree dial. And so he, he spoke about it. Yeah. And because I had that book on my shelf for a very long time, I I was aware that this stuff existed, but I never had someone to really guide me and I think that everyone who reads Robert Hahn's horoscope symbols, like you see him talking about cosmobiology and the dials and then you just ignore it yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> because it looks like this entirely new, it looks like this completely strange animal. And it's like, what the hell is this? Like I can't, I bought this book to learn astrology and you're teaching me about cosmobiology. So I just kind of skipped past that chapter entirely. Um, but then when I met Mira, she was really, she, like, she's a gung-ho Uranian through and through. And so she introduced me to Uranian astrology, but it was Uranian light. And once again, like, I have Saturn issues, I have Pluto issues in my chart. So if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do it, like, all the way. And um, Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can jump my ascendant. <laughs> Precisely. So, so like, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do it all the way. And so I sought out, like, the, the greatest Uranian astrologers I could find on the planet. And I landed on Gary Christen, who is the founder of Astrolabe in, up in Boston, Massachusetts. And Gary started teaching me Uranian. And, I mean, he calls it symmetrical astrology, and he has his reasons for calling it that. 
but he's but it's essentially the Uranian system and he started teaching me Uranian astrology as it should be taught and that really changed my entire approach to astrology because it's this rich beautiful astrology that seems really modern on the outside but it's really based on the most ancient of astrologies mm-hmm. um and at the same time like it doesn't matter if it's modern or ancient the fact is it works like my telephone works my laptop works uranian exactly. astrology works i think that the traditional astrology community needs to get over it because uranian astrology it works in ways that traditional astrology just just can't yeah I think uh, I think a lot of the astrology community need to get over being set in one way personally. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, you know, we <laughs> we come to astrology because we're weird, you know, like like yeah. at some level we're weird within our families, and yeah. astrology is the family that finds us and it gives us like a framework for our weirdness. So how do we start to? have prejudice against one set of weird people within an entire ocean of weird people like it's just ridiculous so so you um in your uh, main bio on your website you you talk about classical astrology um and uranian astrology harmonics hermeticism kabbalah how do you integrate you do you integrate all of that in your oraculous astrology and how do you do a reading then with people? I know you do blind reading. We'll talk about that. <laughs> I, do, I do some of that too. So. <laughs> um, so how I integrate the, how I integrate it is that, you know, classical astrology is really the basis of the entire thing. And um, I think that as a classical astrologer who is also rigorously modern in terms of my approach to Uranian astrology, um, and even there, I have to like qualify that because I skipped the entire psychological boom in astrology. So I know nothing at all about psychological astrology, which, which, I, was which, even, <laughs> right, <laughs> which was made even more evident to me yesterday when I was interviewing Karen, um, Karen Hamaker Zondak for my uh, podcast, the True Divination podcast. And she started to like really go into psychological astrology. And I was like, oh my God, why don't I know any of this stuff? Like I knew not like, it was like, geez, like um, I, I feel like I missed out on an entire part of my formative education because I just skipped over the 60s and 70s completely. Um, But so I start every reading within a classical framework. And I also teach and practice the work of Jean-Baptiste Mohan de Villefranche, which I mean, in the 21st century, we call it Marinus, the Marinus system of chart interpretation. And so that is rigorously 17th century. But even he was kind of radical for his day and age because he did some stuff that just weren't done in the 17th century. So he, he was also a weirdo back then, which is what I love about him. But he also made a very clean and specific way of how to interpret charts. So when I give someone a reading, I'm, I am initially entering the space of a consultation with that as my framework. And then after I've taken that as far as I could possibly take that, then I start to integrate the Uranian techniques. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, it's like, it's in my mind already. So there isn't really a way to differentiate them, yeah. but it's the classical work and then it's the Uranian work. And then I go back and forth between the two. Um, so I, I think I answered your question in a roundabout sort of way. Yeah, but... you, did. you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so the blind reading i did i did did watch a little bit you did a blind reading kind of zoom thing like this Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and i didn't have time to finish it but yeah uh, 
but I've done a lot of uh, blind mini readings, I call them. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just say, right, we're going to do a reading on the eclipses. And I don't ask mm-hmm. any questions. I just do it. And I find they're just as impactful as mm-hmm. the readings where I do a, an intake form and things. Yeah. And or if I meet the people in person. So yeah. um, do you do all your readings blind or? Ah, oh, wow. You're asking all the best questions. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I hope that I'm not hated after this interview <laughs> because <laughs> because um, I'm not sure that I'm answering in the most politically correct sort of way. Um, I'm not but... a fan of that. I'm a fan of doing it however's right for you. So, <laughs> Okay, great. Well, I, I love that. I love that about you. We're like the best of friends now. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the blind reading situation, why did I start, start that? So I started doing that publicly because I started doing that publicly because um, that's just how I always gave readings. Like I never knew that there was another way to give someone a reading other than a blind reading because I didn't have a teacher. So when I came into astrology, I taught myself how to be an astrologer Mm -hmm. and I taught myself that with books and I taught myself that with clients and so I never realized that there was another way I I didn't know that you were supposed to interview your clients and find out about their lives before giving them a reading that just seemed very counterintuitive to me Mm -hmm. so I've always within my childhood growing up as an astrologer I've always given blind readings I mean that's just been the entire shape of my life and then in 2018 when I got exposed to the larger astrological community and I was like oh my god I've been doing it wrong all these years <laughs> no you haven't <laughs> like, like I, I had I had a complete meltdown because I realized that you know there are people who were like in like having a proper interview with their clients beforehand um and then going into the chart guarded with that information um so I kind of like had a moment with that and it was kind of like an existential crisis but as I thought about it some more I I, I asked a friend of mine who's a world famous author and I was like, Hey, you know, why isn't anyone giving these blind readings? Like, why is that something that people just don't seem to like to do? Mm-hmm. And he said, because no one wants to embarrass themselves. And I was like, I was like, but that can't be a reason for anything. Like, <laughs> like, why would you even say that? And and you know what? I'll tell you. When I was in London and I went to Watkins, I'll pick up the book. Hold on. Let me show you the book. Oh, my God. I'm all over the place. But when I was in London, I went to Watkins. I bought a copy of this book, which is Working with Astrology, The Psychology of Midpoints, Harmonics, and Astrocartography by Michael Harding and Charles Harvey. Oh, I think I want that book. <laughs> oh my God, it's the most amazing book. It's the most amazing thing since sliced bread. So anyway, um, I bought that book and in the back of the book, they're essentially giving blind readings. They're, they're writing up their delineations of the chart using traditional astrology, midpoints, harmonics, and astrocartography. And then they make a point, I'm sure I highlighted the point, but they make a point in it where they say that... Um, Yet, from the point of view of studying astrology, the blind analysis is an invaluable, indeed indispensable tool. It focuses our attention on principles and potentials and helps to ensure that we are really getting to grips with the astrology of the case rather than matching assorted chart significators with known facts. There you go. (laughs) 
but to be clear, uh, I kind of think both ways work. Um, yes. And when, yes. I, when I do an intake form and people write their questions and everything, I think mm -hmm. I, I find I would have done exactly the same if I'd done it blind as if without the intake form. So Precisely. <laughs> but so, so here's, here's what I say in every YouTube video that I post about these blind readings. I always say that I'm not advocating that blind reading a chart is the only way to read a chart and i also don't think that blind reading is a sustainable model of client counseling because counseling takes us into a completely different field of astrology where we need to have counseling tools which is a part of why i became a certified hypnotherapist because that gave me the counseling tools necessary in order for me to sit with a client and hold counseling space with a client on top of the astrological space that they're there for but so blind reading is not my consultative model and i always tell people that how i demonstrate how to read the chart is not how I work with clients and that's two very different things um, and so I completely subscribe to knowing how to counsel someone I completely subscribe to listening and letting that be a part of the astrological process and but I think that in another category of astrology where we're becoming brilliant astrologers and where we're sharpening our skill set as astrologers blind readings are an indispensable tool because they force us to really have a full grasp of astrological language so that we can talk about the symbolism in the chart based on its own merits as opposed to piecing together the things that we already know with astrological factors yes <laughs> you should so anyway that's 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 my spiel i think when you get the recording i think you need to transcribe that whole bit <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in my book. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I saw you were writing a book. So yes. in fact, let's let's just tell everybody about that now. You're writing a book, and when when do you think you will be publishing that book? Oh, I am writing of well, you know, I'm I'm technically writing two books, which is the bane of my mutable existence. I can't do any one thing for too long. No wonder we get along. <laughs> yes, majorly mutable. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm writing two books. One of which is called Horary Astrology and the Natal Promise, a textbook of modern integration, and the other one is called. Uh, the Kabbalistic Tarot, the Astrologer's Field Guide to the Cosmos. And, I'll be buying that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you, you know, I, I, I run a very intense astrology ship. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's that obvious on the outside, but internally... I run a very intense daily astrological ship in terms of meeting clients um, that takes up my daily existence. And then in terms of the interviews that I do for the True Divination podcast, which is my podcast on YouTube, people should go check it out, the True Divination podcast. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I have a full-blown astrological career, and then I run a school as well. So I meet clients every day, I talk to my students every day, and I try to not interview people every day because that becomes very overwhelming, but sometimes it does happen. Like the most ridiculous interview I did was at 2 a.m. with somebody in Australia. So, <laughs> so, um, 
so I, I think when you when you're working as a full blown astrologer like I am, mm-hmm. you don't really it's it becomes very difficult to carve out the time to do the writing necessary to be published. It does. So, I have I have the first manuscript of horary astrology and the natal promise, and I have it by my bedside. And so, because my, my background is in journalism, like I'm a broadcast journalist by profession, mm-hmm. even before astrology and stuff, I do my own editing work, and then I send it to somebody else, one of my colleagues from university, who will continue to edit it. Uh, so at the moment, I'm editing the first draft of my book and trying to make it a little bit more readable and to make it sound like I actually know what I'm talking about. So so hopefully um, before the end of the year, I will have the book in a printing house and hopefully it'll be ready by early 2021, assuming that the world doesn't blow up before then. Because yeah, that's- it could. <laughs> 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 Where things are going. <laughs> do you know? Do you know that I think they just found like some brain eating amoebas or something? So now coronavirus like is like a thing of the past. <laughs> now we have to worry about squirrels and have the bubonic plague. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and these germs out eat out your brain cells. It's like ridiculous. Twenty twenty. Mind you, I kind of have a theory that some people's brain cells have already been affected, right? <laughs> but we won't go there. Oh, precisely. <laughs> so tell me about being a memory athlete. I, I just love this. And you, you bring this into your teaching, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it all started with Robert Hand. Uh-huh. Rob Hand said in a lecture once that nobody has ever memorized the table of essential dignities. Mm-hmm. And you don't memorize the table of essential dignities. You cut it out and you carry it around in your top pocket. That's a Robert Hand quote. Okay. Mm-hmm. And once again, I have Saturn issues <laughs> and I have Pluto issues. <laughs> So you're not going to tell me that I can't memorize the table of essential dignities, no matter how daunting it is, j- just because like my brain doesn't work that way. Uh-huh. So when I heard him say that, I went out to find how do people memorize stuff, uh-huh. like ever, like in because I couldn't imagine 12th century astrologers cutting out a piece of parchment and carrying it around in their top lapel. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, or a so, tablet before. Precisely, that. precisely. <laughs> so I wanted to know how did people memorize stuff, mm-hmm. and that's when I typed in memorization on Google, and the rest was history. I found out about this entire memory, uh, the, the 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 memory world championships, and that there are actually memory athletes and people who train themselves to memorize a deck of playing cards and copious amounts of information. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I sought out the grand master of memory who lives in South Africa and his name is Kevin Horsley. Right. And Kevin taught me how to be a memory athlete. You know, it, it costed me a small fortune, but <laughs> but he, he taught me how to be a memory athlete. And I 
took that, that information and then I, I applied that to astrology. And I specifically went to him with the intention of memorizing very specific things in astrology. And he taught me how to colonize my brain with more brain. And so I, I teach that to my students. I teach those methods to my students in a very light format because, you know, no, not everyone is going to be a memory athlete. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I do. Every night before I go to bed, I memorize a pack of playing cards in two minutes or less. And that's my, that's my daily training. And then I teach my students this stuff every day. And then that's also a part of how I stay in the loop. But I haven't been competing at all recently. And actually, I was supposed to be competing this year in New York in the Memory World Championships. But of course, no one's flying to New York ever again. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask you at this point, what's your, uh-huh. sun, what's your sun, moon and rising? Oy vey, you know... <laughs> <laughs> on, our, on our first date? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, you so, <laughs> Okay. So I'm probably not going to tell you more than that. But, no, no, no. My, <laughs> um, but I have my, my son is in Taurus. Uh-huh. Uh, my moon is in Gemini. And my rising is Sagittarius. Sagittarius sun, Sagittarius rising, moon Gemini. So. Ah, okay, there we go. That's why we're, you know, yeah. we're having this What is your moon? Okay. 15, and that's it. 12. 12. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so you're like my lunar sister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of was thinking, he must have a Gemini moon. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> so I don't want to know anymore. That's yeah, unless, okay, unless you want to send me your chart. Awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll probably do that on the side, but, yeah. but you know, I, I um, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit hesitant about the wider astrological community having my entire chart. I think that, um, especially the way how I use astrology, like I've had astrology readings from mm-hmm. like some of the greatest astrologers in the world that reveals far more than an astrology reading should be able to reveal. Yes. So. Um, I'm I'm a little bit on the fence when it comes to like showing my whole chart, but I'll definitely send it to you privately. Cool. Whereas I don't care. Mine's all over. <laughs> <laughs> but I you respect should, your privacy. <laughs> you should get a reading. You know. You know. Um, Judith Hill is someone who I really admire, and she's someone who I've worked with for a while. And Judith Hill is a phenomenal astrologer. You should get a reading from Judith. Uh-huh. Also in the U. Okay, Christine Skinner is like my best friend in the whole wide world. Do you oh, know Christine? I, I don't. Oh no, my I'll god. <laughs> yeah, Chris Christine, I mean, she's been involved in the AA and she's been involved in all sorts of things. And she's like like world famous, even though she doesn't believe so. Um and she lives in London and she's amazing, amazing, amazing. Christine Skinner. She's okay. like one of the top like I have like a short list of the top astrologers in the world. And on that list is Gary Christin, who's my mentor, the Uranian astrology, um, Christine Skinner, even though she'll hate that I'm calling her one of the top anything, but she's really amazing. And then Judith Hill, Judith Hill is really, really, really phenomenal. Do you know about Judith? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Judith Hill is is really, really phenomenal as well. Yeah. But people should also go and get a reading with Michael. So he's, (laughs) Please, I mean, I'm here to promote you. 
Oh, thank you. I mean, you know, so so if it's any consolation to the general public, I've learned from all three of those people. And so I've consolidated the best of their whatever within my tiny brain. And um, if you want to see uh, me doing a blind reading, which once again, isn't the only way I do readings. But if you do want to see me doing a reading, you can check out my podcast on YouTube, which means it isn't really a podcast, but whatever. It's on YouTube at the Tree Divination Podcast. And um, you could type in blind reading and you'll find me giving readings. Yeah. And also the um, Oraculous Astrology Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Where, where else yeah. are you on social media? So, so the Oraculous Astrology, the Oraculous School of Astrology is the Facebook page um, for the school. But also for people who are interested in learning how to blind read charts and really, really get sharp at that skill, we have an Oraculos Blind Chart Reading Academy, which is also on Facebook. It's a private group, so you can look it up and just hit join. We don't have any questions. You could just hit join and then I'll see you in the drop down menu and I'll just add everyone. Um, I, I add everyone except for like two people. But <laughs> oh, I'll be, I'll join. Yeah. Yes, please um, do. It. It's really cool. And so I, I'm going to talk about a couple of other things on your website. But mm-hmm. um, because I was asked to interview you by the Queer Astrology Conference, um, just tell us a little bit about your involvement with that and your talk. It was on horary, right? So the Queer Astrology Conference, I think like the the prerequisite for being a speaker at the Queer Astrology Conference was that you had to be like queer. So I I, I met that prerequisite. And so, you know, got that out of the bag. Um, but the other thing was, yeah, they, 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 they wanted they wanted um, gay people to gay queer people to come and speak on different topics that really matter to them and so the talk that i gave was horror astrology and the natal promise because i'm a taurus so that's the only talk i'm going to be giving until my book is published horror astrology and the natal promise so <laughs> and so that i found that really interesting in the description it said you tied back the horary chart to mm-hmm. the natal chart i have not really practiced horary so Mm-hmm. As you could give a real quick. So, so horary astrology is basically the astrology of questions. It's you. There's a birth time for you being born into the world, and there's a birth time of your deepest, most sincerest question being born within your heart. And the moment when a question is born within you is taken as the horary moment and in the same way as your birth chart crystallizes the potency and the potential and the story and the promise of your life within this incarnation the horary chart also crystallizes the answer to any sincere question you have within a moment so that is my cliff notes version of what horary astrology is and so this talk is about more than just searching for your key <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, boy, you know, the horary of lost objects is something that has never really inspired me much. And once again, (laughs) yeah. Maybe that's why I've never studied horary. So now you've intrigued me. (laughs) Yeah, it's never really inspired me much. And it's never inspired me because people weren't coming to me to ask about their missing cat 
<laughs> or or they weren't coming to me at the age of 13 to ask about their missing wallet. You know, my mom's friends were coming to me to find out, should I leave my husband? <laughs> like those were the questions yeah. that people came together reading for or, you know, um, things that had some concrete love sense of materiality to it. Mm. And while, you know, finding missing objects is very concrete and it's also very material, mm-hmm. it's just never tied in with my greater concept of the human condition. You know, if you've lost your keys, go look for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so where do you time the deep question then? You, you said where? What, where? What point do you time where the question was asked? So, so for example, I've just had a client book her reading with me and on the intake Mm -hmm. form she has a specific question would you time it from when she completed the intake form or so the horary question is valid when you the astrologer know and understand the meaning of the question so it's similar to tarot you know i'm really a keen proponent of the interaction of astrology and other systems of divination so mm-hmm. i practice tarot i practice teaching i practice the runes mm-hmm. when i was 12 years old i gave my life over to my lord and savior odin because <laughs> in a past life <laughs> because in the past life i'm pretty sure i was like a norse viking woman or something so um so anyway, I practice multiple systems of divination and I'm very keen on horary astrology being used alongside other systems of divination because if you give a tarot reading to someone, that moment of the tarot reading qualifies as a horary moment. You can cast a chart for the moment of that reading and the chart is going to say exactly what the cards say. They will be an exact parallel of each other. And so this is why I'm, I'm, I'm violently ambivalent towards people who have this internal reaction towards tarot as if it's somehow less than astrology because tarot, yeah, you know, yeah. And you do tarot as well. Yeah, I mean, probably not as much as deeply as you, but but this Mm. is why I picked this deck, the top deck, because it's it it's ties in with the astrology for me well all yeah do, but this one works for me this is mine. yeah pre- pre- <laughs> precisely precisely so i mean a tarot when it's wielded by the hands of someone who understands tarot mm-hmm. is just as potent and powerful and sometimes even more so than astrology mm-hmm. so you know I'm I'm saying all of this and I'm not even sure it ties in with your question. Please forgive me. I have no, Mercury problems. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> but, but 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 the whole point is that um is that is that all systems of divination, they all do one thing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's tarot, whether it's runes, whether it's yijing, whether it's geomancy, whether you're throwing a bag of sand in the air and spinning around three times and spitting over your shoulder. All systems of divination do the same thing. Yeah, precisely. Tea leaves. They all do the same thing insofar as all systems of divination, they crystallize in symbolic form the astrological influences of the moment. Oh, I love that. 
and yeah, and whereas horary astrology, it gives you the chart that shows you the astrological influences of the moment, that same chart comes up in the tarot reading that you do in the moment, the tea leaves that you see in the moment, the runes that you pull in the moment, the Yijing hexagram that you cast in the moment, they're all going to be tied in with the astrological chart of the moment because the ghost within the machine of divination is actually astrology. You're right. Wow. <laughs> You just blew my mind about how you how you worded it. I kind of knew all this stuff, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how you word it. So you're so eloquent. So oh. um, I want to talk about your website a little bit because mm -hmm. I realise we're almost at the hour, and you know people's mm -hmm, attention spans. I could talk, yes, I could talk to you all day, but <laughs> you've got a foundations of classical astrology course. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think that's kind of your next one, but. But yes. just tell everybody how they can study with you about your two-year diploma, everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, if you want to study astrology with me, you can check out my website at www.oraculosastrology.com. And I'm sure Lou is going to put it down below in the description or something so you can I find am. it. And what is really special about this course with me is that it's based on my client work it's it's based on like that's all i've done i don't even know how it's possible for me to have gotten a university education in anything because all i've been doing my entire life is giving readings to people mm -hmm. um so that those five years of my life in university are an absolute miracle because i was giving readings to people all throughout university because i wanted to like go places and my I parents were anybody that would let me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know like like i i needed to make additional money and my parents were only sending me 50 us dollars a week so i needed to like give readings to people because that was that was my only additional skill other than talking and that got me in trouble more than it got me clients anyway um so if you so my, my course is based on my client work and which is really important to me because the students who have been coming to me this year and last year, they've all come to me saying the same thing. I just graduated from so-and-so's course and I don't know a thing. Or I just graduated from so-and-so's natal astrology course and I still don't know how to read the chart. They took me through all of these technicalities and all of this classical hoo-ha, but I still can't read the chart if you if you held a gun to my head or I finished this horary program and I still don't know how to answer a question. And I hear these questions and I don't know, it's like people find me. I'm just in my bedroom doing astrology and people come to me with all of this stuff because I attract people's problems. But um, that has driven me and inspired me to create this sort of program because I want to teach people just mm -hmm. Okay, now that you filled up your mind with all of this stuff, here is how you actually do the stuff. You know, yes, you've studied astrology in the world. Now come to me. Let me teach you how to be an astrologer. Yeah. And that's really um, my passion. I love teaching people not just what to do, but how to do it. Not just what to learn, but how to learn. And every student who studies with me and leaves from me goes into the world being able to practice tangible, concrete astrology within a very short space of time because I teach them memory techniques as well, but because I just teach them how to practice astrology. And I'm still not sure I answered your question, but that's what I teach. And if you're interested in that, you could find me. And and so there's a link to for the people to look at this foundations um, mm -hmm. 
course on your website. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the foundation and the foundations course is like the best thing since sliced bread, in my opinion, uh -huh. because, because I'll, I'll quickly say this right now, I'm running a Renaissance astrology summer intensive in which I'm supposed to be teaching people how to read horary charts and natal charts and solar return charts and do the whole thing that I talk about in my book of horary astrology and the natal promise. Mm -hmm. And what I found during the first week of the course is that there are people in the course who've been studying astrology for forever, 20 years and 30 years and 15 years. And they, they did, didn't know how to read charts. One, and then the second thing was that this course that I'm running is an intermediate level course, but a lot of the things that I found myself having to teach people in this intermediate summer intensive so that they can keep up in the summer intensive are things that I teach in my foundations course. Mm -hmm. So it's not your average foundations course. It's the most advanced foundations course I've ever seen because you learn how to do things that people usually teach you in like the advanced level of their program yeah. and you learn how to do it well. So anyway, I'm shutting up and saying that if you want to study with me, the best place to start is the foundations course because it's easier to teach someone from scratch mm -hmm. than to teach you in the middle and then have to try to catch up on things that you should have learned had you taken my foundations course. I agree. <laughs> the final question, <laughs> and then I'm just going to ask just to remind everybody where they can mm -hmm. find you. Uh, which house system? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Just kill me now. <laughs> and I'll tell you my theory after you tell me. Okay. Um, okay. So, so to to borrow from my friend Jen Zart, Doctor Jen Zart. Oh yeah. I, I use. Love I love Jen. Oh my god, she's amazing. Um, to borrow from Jen, I use whichever house system is appropriate based on what it is I'm trying to do. Yeah. Now, that is my overall politically correct answer, but it's not really the truth for me. <laughs> because um, I use Reggio Montanus through and through within the context of my traditional astrology. Mm -hmm. I, use, I use Reg consistently for horary astrology, natal astrology, anything that I'm doing with the traditional pizza pie chart, I use Reggio Montanus. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, well, that's not true because I also use whole sign houses. So I use a mix between Reggio Montanus mm -hmm. and whole sign houses just because I think it's responsible astrology to use whatever house system you use as well as whole sign houses. I think the two of them, um, you know, a, a quadrant based house system like Placidus, Porphyry, Reg, whatever, mm -hmm. and whole sign go well together. But I think that we should use the two things in tandem. And um, so that's how I approach classical astrology. But the aggravating response is that in Uranian astrology, we use six houses. Yeah, we have, I know it's very different. Yeah. <laughs> we have six we have six house systems. So there's a, there's the meridian houses, the, the houses of your MC, the houses of your moon, the houses of your sun, the houses of the Aries point, the houses of your node, and the houses of your ascendant. So we have six different house systems, and these six different house systems give different perspectives. Because essentially, you can stand 
on any point in your chart and look at the rest of your chart and have a different perspective. So the way how my chart looks to my moon is different from the way how the chart looks from the perspective of my sun, yeah. which is different from how the chart looks from the perspective of my node, yeah. you know? So um, there are these different perspectives. And so Uranian astrology really allows you to have no attachments to anything because you realize that it's all a matter of which framework I want to look at life from. Well, my favorite saying is always work. I'm not attached. I use porphyry mainly because mm-hmm. I use, uh, I do consultant astrology. So, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, but I, I have a friend who's trying to convince me that whole signs is it's the way. But oh my it, God, it those people. But it, those works, but it works for, for, some, for a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those people. Yeah. Those whole sign houses, people <laughs> like, they're so bossy, you know? <laughs> well, she's an Aries, too. If you're listening, yeah, but, I love you. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, I mean, those whole sign houses, people, they're so bossy. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not a fan of anyone who says this is the way to do anything, which is my contention with traditional astrology. Uh-huh. Because in traditional astrology, there's so much of this. This is how you do this thing. And um, I study traditional astrology for most of my life. Like I can operate in traditional astrology through and through. And I know that it's not the only way, you know? Um, So whole sign houses are wonderful. I think that they work well, but there are nuances that you get with your quadrant based house system that you don't get with whole sign houses. I mean, you studying, you use, Porphyry is amazing because you're basically a Uranian astrologer because (laughs) Porphyry of of the quadrant house systems, uh, Porphyry is like the Uranian house system of choice. Well, at least least for my mentor, Gary, he uses Porphyry because he really likes it. Uh, But anyway, the, the, the point is that I think everything works. And this is the difficulty that a lot of people who study traditional astrology, they don't like because... Mm, how is it possible for everything to work? Well, guess what? Our astrology is holographic. And in a holographic astrology, there are many ways to look at this astrology and it will tell you different things and it's all valid. So that's my soapbox speech. And we completely agree. So where could everybody find you? And then we should wrap up. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I'm dangerously long-winded. Oh, I am. I could be on for two hours, but nobody will listen for two hours. (laughs) So so if you want to find me, first of all, please do check out my podcast, the Oraculous True Divination Podcast. That is on YouTube. Just go on YouTube, type in the True Divination Podcast, and you'll find me. There's amazing interviews there with amazing astrologers. Lou, I have to interview you now that you've interviewed me. You know, we have to keep this cycle going. Yeah. So um, so please go and check that out. And also, you can find me at www.oraculosastrology.com. And then I'm on Instagram at the True Divination Podcast. And if you want to send me an email, you can email me via my website if you want to get a reading or if you want to study or anything like that. Um, and my more immediate email address is primordialtouchatlive.com. Please don't ask about it. Just accept it. That is primordialtouchatlive.com. Oh, and I think I just love Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I would. 
so it's goodbye from Lou and goodbye from Michael. Bye. <laughs>